All gas, no brakes. Winning strategies for marketing through a recession, grabbing more market share, and emerging a powerhouse. The Dos Marcos Show begins right now. Listen to this information we got from Genesis Credit. According to Experian, 40% of Americans have a FICO score below 700. That means four of every 10 sales are potentially lost because a customer won't qualify for enough credit or at all through traditional financing. Fact is, customers deserve a second chance at affordable financing and no one believes that more than Genesis Credit. As the industry's premier second look financing solution for over 20 years, Genesis provides high revolving credit lines for customers with FICO credit scores above 550. And Genesis wants retailers to know that, hey, if you're seeing lower credit lines and fewer credit approvals from your first finance option, let Genesis Credit take a second look. Find the right fit for your customers' financial needs at genesis-fs.com forward slash the fam. Be honest, how much do you spend each year on product photography? Aperture's the answer, Kinsley. Products and more products and vignettes and tens of thousands of dollars in reshoots. I mean, <laughs> the reshoots. And then it doesn't look consistent. Aperture is the answer. Look, the world's changed a lot. And one of the good changes is the tech driving Aperture. Aperture is the answer. All right, Quinn, you don't have to say Aperture is the answer anymore. So why don't you go ahead and tell them why? Because it's the only tech company that William Sonoma ever bought. And for good reason, Kinsley. They had the same problems with product photography, and now they don't. And now you won't. Let's say you need a mattress photo. Boom. Place that beautiful bed inside Aperture's nifty 20 by 20 beauty box. Press a button. And the Aperture machine does all of the rest, all the lighting and cropping and shadows, all of it. And better yet, once you need a different background or different lighting, no reshoots. Your visual factory in a box does all the work. And you know what? You save some money, you save some time, and you create product photography that can move at the speed of your ideas. Start today at OutwardInc.com and tell them those Marcos sent you. Because why? Aperture's, Aperture's the, answer. the answer. Welcome to the Dos Marcos Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn. The galaxy's greatest mattress podcast has liftoff in Welcome to the Galaxy's Greatest Mattress Industry Podcast, hosted by yours truly and none other than Mr. Mark Quinn. None other. Kinsley, holidays are upon us, baby. You ready? Are you ready to max and relax, get the stretchy pants out? Get the stretchy pants out. Mm. You know, we've, you know, Adrian and I over on the Fan Marketing Show, we're talking about five holiday themed tips to help you market Mm. your business better during the holiday season. And I thought there were some real gems in there. You know, here's a teaser on one of them. We talked about this before. Put a Santa Claus mailbox or North Pole mailbox in front of your business and then have kids come there and drop off their letters to Santa Claus. Your team can answer the letters to Santa Claus and then send a note back to the parents with uh, some sort of offer to come in and, you know, buy some some merch from you, buy some holiday gifts from you. That's so clever. What if you built on that idea and you had like a Santa Claus kissing booth? So moms from all over could come into your store and they could shop or while the kids were sitting on Santa's lap talking about presents, like the moms could get a kiss. Like the song, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. And then you get the picture and then you can make put the picture over the mantle place in the, in the living room. Are you volunteering to be 
Santa Claus? No. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think of the dumbest idea I possibly can to crush your really good idea. How's that? It's it's creepy enough. Sometimes the Santa Clauses are creepy enough. Um, and I don't think we saw any creepy Santa Clauses, did we, at SantaCon 2022? Uh, no. You know why? Because we were the creepy Santa Clauses. As a matter of fact, what Kizzy's talking about, he's like, hey, tomorrow, you want to go with me to this pub crawl? Everyone dresses up in holiday cheer and you know, puts on stuff and I'm at a place right now and they've got these Santa costumes for 25 bucks, complete with wig and beard and boots and, you know, come out and we, we go hit the bars and get content for the fam. And at the time I will grant you, it was a good idea until, um, it was 10 PM. We started at two and <laughs> so we were out, like, you know, hanging out with Buddy the Elf. That was kind of cool. And uh, did a little line dancing with some of the other elves. And it was just fabulous. And we had a great time. And it was a great, you know, if you have a sleep, a Santa Con in your neighborhood, I highly encourage you to go. You know, I was talking to my neighbor, and he runs a bar, a really nice bar called Scotch and Soda. I was talking to him last night, and I, he said, usually Santa Con is one of the worst nights of the year because people go way overboard and, and they just kind of get out of control. And he said, this year is pretty tame. He goes, but I didn't see very many people in full blown Santa Claus outfits like you and I wore. And there were people taking pictures with us and we we're looking around going, where are the rest of the Santa Claus? Now, like you said, they had some holiday cheer, but we went all gas, no breaks, which is kind of what we're talking about today on the podcast. Yes, no breaks. As a matter of fact, we were the only Santas riding electric scooters also. So there's that, right? And I gave other Santa Clauses rides on the electric scooter because it's an electric scooter so you can stand up, but it has a seat on it. So you could put, I put a Santa Claus on the seat, and then I was standing up and giving her rides on my, on my sleigh. Oh man, what a night. The 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 worst part was the day I may or may not have fallen down when I got home. My wife thought that was hilarious, but I don't drink a lot. So the fact that we were at it for several hours is not good. But hey, can I ask you a question? Hit me. What do you think Santa would be doing on Christmas Eve if everybody shut off their marketing and advertising in the month of December? What do you think Santa Claus would be doing on Christmas Eve? Yeah, what's he gonna? What would Santa be doing on Christmas Eve if everyone shut down their marketing for the quarter? He might have a very different evening. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's still gonna try to sneak down your chimney and grab a few cookies, dip it in the milk. Uh, he's gonna probably try to go on a, a reindeer ride, but his uh, yeah, his his bag might be a little less full. He's going to be bored because not many people are going to be buying as many presents because people aren't driving them in the market, Mr. Kinsley, which is why we're here. All gas, no brakes. Question for you listening is, do you slow things down? You know, when business slows, the economy gets challenged, or do you add fuel to your fire and invest into the downturn? Kinsley, what are your thoughts? So, I wanted to get good, clear perspective on, on this topic. And so probably the best place to do just that is to tap into history. So I went back to a Harvard Business Review article from 2009. And anybody that was around in 2009 and in, in the workforce or trying to buy a house or in, just you know being an adult at the time 
knows that there was a major recession and a veritable you know, economic collapse uh, in 2008 due to the housing crisis and due to unsavory lending practices. And so on the other side of that, you know, we were looking at the, really the, the biggest depression or recession since the Great Depression. And so I wanted to tap in and get some perspective because now historically we have a recession to look back at as we look at interest rates continuing to rise to try and slow down consumer spending. We're looking at housing prices becoming um, kind of unattainable for several categories of people who may be ready to move out or people that are you know, ready to purchase their first home. Um, and then the, the prices are high and the interest rates are high. So we have a confluence of events that are creating these economic conditions that everybody seems to just be um, resigned to some sort of fact that we're in a recession or we're going to be in a recession for quite some time. A lot of people have said we're in it already. Some people are saying we're not in it. Regardless, we're going to start to see you know, the potential for consumer behavior to change. And whenever that does change, let's call it a contraction in consumer spending. How should you market your business? And this is a, this is a topic that, like I said, Harvard Business Review tackled. And here's what they said. They said companies that put customer needs under the microscope, take a scalpel rather than a cleaver to the marketing budget, and nimbly adjust strategies, tactics, and product offerings in response to the shifting demand are more likely than others to flourish both during and after the recession. Hmm. So we, we well, got to tease that out a little bit, obviously. Yeah. So, so keep going with that, Kinsley. So I also did a little bit of research and to build on what you just said, McGraw-Hill did a study with 600 companies from 80 to 85, 1980 to 1985. And basically, uh, companies that decided to advertise directly or aggressively during the slowdown had a 256% higher sales growth than those that had stopped. 256%. So, you know, I think part of it theoretically, right, is if everyone else has slowed down and their voice shrinks, and that means there's less noise in the market because that's what a lot of the advertising in our category, it's noise, it's product price and promotion drumbeat. And if that slows down and you're the one powering through that, then you're breaking through less clutter than you were before, right? That's right. So advertising is actually going to get cheaper. And if you think about maybe your own situation or conditions back in 2008, 2009 and the ensuing recession, uh, you probably know some different stories. Uh, one I remember is a friend of mine had an engineering company and while their competitors uh, were, you know, laying people off, they decided, Hey, as a team, let's go to a four day work week. Uh, let's, you know, continue to work hard, but not take away any employees. And of course, on the backside of that, they were able to take market share for the competitors because they had a full staff and they were able to ramp up so quickly and go grab that business. Going back to this Harvard Business Review study, um, here's what we, I, I think what we need to be thinking about for the mattress and furniture industry and even appliances industry is regardless of um, which group consumers belong to, they prioritize consumption by sorting their products and services into four categories. Okay, so think about us and the, the items that you sell in our industry. And then think about these four categories. Consumers are looking at it saying, hey, these are essentials. These are treats. These are postponables. 
or these are expendables, meaning unnecessary or unjustifiable. Which of those four categories, Quinn, do you think we fall into? Essentials, treats, postponables, or expendables? Postponables. Yeah, postponables uh, are needed or desired items whose purchase can be reasonably put off. Now, appliances... That's a clever way to look at that. Situation because I'm you're talking about duress. But furniture and mattresses definitely can fall into postponables. I was just going to say, that's a clever way to look at it. I've never heard it framed like that. Well, and here's what they're saying happens. Um, consumers become obviously more price sensitive whenever they're in a time of recession and they become less brand loyal during recessions. So they're going to mm -hmm. seek out their absolute favorite products and brands at reduced prices, or they're going to look for a less preferred alternative. So if they are in the market for a mattress, for example, they might you know, be looking for, so if, they, if they're like, I have to have another one of these because I love the mattress I have. That might be one consumer, but a lot of people are going to say, ah, is there something similar? So maybe that's the opportunity is your more value price product at a, at a lower price point. And, and I, looked at, I looked at another kind of the, some of the tactical stuff and it said, um, okay, so maybe if you do have a premium brand, should you move down market? And, and the HBR, Harvard Business Review said no, but maybe introduce a fighter brand, a lower price version of a premium offering, sell it under a different name and you know, back it up by a little bit of advertising. That's what Anheuser-Busch did on the heels of a recession in 91, 92. Anheuser-Busch introduced its natural Pilsner brand. So they priced it lower than Budweiser and Miller. And then they uh, brought out another value price called Calder's 29. And that was... Uh, and, 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 the, and so they launched those kind of fighter brands. And then after the recession starts to end, you can like slowly phase out that fighter brand. So you have something to offer at a value price point, but you continue building value in your premium products that ultimately is where you want to get your sales. Yeah, you, you know, the, the fighter brand idea I like. Um, I like that they also said, don't go down market, don't hurt your brand long-term. Um, and when you were talking about that, it kind of made me think like, you know, if you're going to invest in your brand, like if you're a postponable, I mean, I think you really got to face that. Right. And so if you're a postponable, like, how do you, how do you push outside of that? How do you make what you do something that is more valued or is something that they place a higher value on because they know if they have it, like it will mean more to them than say, taking a trip or, you know, redoing the floors or whatever. So I think it also is maybe something that would inspire people to think about, all right, how are we talking about this? Like, how do we become more important? How do we put ourselves at the top of the shopping list instead of at the middle to the bottom of the shopping list? Because, oh yeah, we can get a, you know, we can get something or, you know, we'll, we'll be fine until, you know, an, another six months. Like, how do you overcome that part? Well, I think you're getting into some really rich material because you can have the commodity conversation of price and item mattresses, for example, or you can look at yourself like a diamond company. And this is exactly what happened with De Beers. So they realized uh, they, they had cut their marketing budget in, in 2008 
because of the grim economic outlook. And it was grim at the time. However, they continued to invest in consumer research to get a, a bead on what people were willing to spend their money on. And of course, at that time, they're thinking diamonds, you know, this is a luxury item. It's a postponable, maybe even an expendable. But they found out that the majority of consumers uh, revealed that diamonds represent enduring value to the majority of consumers. So what did they do? They doubled their Christmas advertising spend over the previous year. And this is in a recession. And uh, they said their messaging was here's to less and, you know, fewer, better things because a diamond is forever. And so what happened? Uh, Christmas sales in the United States were softened compared to the previous years, but prices were stable. And the consumer proved that there was still a desire to buy diamonds. And so when I think about that story in relation to our stories that we tell, it's all about sleep. You know, you, you, if you're going to buy less and do less, you know, do it with a great night's sleep, you know, building value in sleep, it's emotional benefits, it's wellness benefits, it's ties to health, um, you know, better looking, better feeling, losing weight, all the stuff that you and I talk about, but absent of value, people make decisions on price. So I think we have to take a page from De Beers playbook and understand what has enduring value and what doesn't have enduring value. You know, it has enduring value, happiness, joy. I mean, you could, you could make a case that Christmas Kinsley wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for a mattress, right? Because if Santa isn't sleeping well and resting well and the elves and the reindeer, like they, they probably have killer hybrid mattresses at the North Pole for all the elves and for the reindeer. And if no one's sleeping well, they're not going to drive tired. They're getting in a sleigh. He's got all that night to hit. I mean, I, I think mattress, I think you could write a new song for Christmas or, you know, a play or a cartoon to air every year about how the mattress saved Christmas. What do you think? <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it. You know, some of the best advertising I look at every year is, uh, is it John Lewis uh, out of the UK? And mm -hmm. it's just this, these wonderful, emotional, meaningful spots. And this is a furniture store. Um, so, Hey, I want to ask everybody here, what are your thoughts about maintaining your spend or even spending more or getting real surgical with where you're going to reallocate budget head over to fam.news and, you know, tell us, you know, how you're thinking about spending your money. Um, are you thinking about, you know, keeping your foot on the gas pedal? It reminds me of, uh, we actually had Eric Grinley from Esquire advertising on the fam marketing show. And he, he talked to us just about the idea of Ashley, Ashley furniture home store. So Ashley in 2008 was not the behemoth that they are today, but during that downturn, they got more aggressive on many fronts within their business and look at what they are today. And so that's, you know, historically what we see happen is when people get really clenched down and they put a vice around their budgets and they're not thinking about, you know, a pipeline of innovation from when the consumer is ready to reemerge and spend money. And, you know, not continuing to invest and keeping your brand top of mind. Um, it really is all about what happens after the recession. And that's what this, this article was, was getting into from 2009. Um, consumer goods companies that were able to increase their share of voice by increasing or maintaining advertising spend captured market share from weaker rivals, number one. So you're going to get market share from your weaker rivals. 
Um, and you're going to do it at a lower cost than when times are good because ad advertising inventory is going to be cheaper. It's going to be cheaper. And beyond that, on average, increases in marketing spend during a recession have boosted financial performance throughout the year following the recession. And I think that's the key. You know, we had Julia Rosine on the fan marketing show as well. And I remember her talking about how to, how to market on social media during the holidays. And her key was, don't just start doing it during the holidays because the algorithms in social media need to know you're gonna be there and that consistency of content posted over time when Christmas and the holiday season does hit, gives the signal to the social media algorithms that, oh, they're good, let's prioritize, prioritize their stuff. They're not just showing up uh, for one party a year. So I think these are all like little nuggets that we need to you know, be thinking about as we roll into you know, recessionary times or times of contraction. Um, and like I said, have a pipeline of innovation ready to roll out because when people do start you know, stretching, coming out of the cave, emerging out of hibernation of a recession, what do they want to do? They want to see what's new. They want to see what they missed. They want to see product innovation. It, it makes me think about the book. I've referenced it a couple of times on this show called The Untethered Soul. One of the concepts of the book is that no matter what state you're in, you're happy, you're sad, you're angry, you're frustrated. It's a, it's a state of energy and it's, it's momentary, right? It passes. Um, the good times in your life, uh, unfortunately, they're not permanent. They pass just as much as the bad times of your life, right? And I think it's similar in, in an economy. Like the, the, the thing to remember here is that, look, you know, we're coming out of it and, and it's a great reason to be um, very responsible with the money in your business so that when you get to times like this, you have some stuff squirreled away that you can, you know, go after and lean into the downturn so that you can grab market share. You want to grab market share? You sit there and work with, work on it all week or all year long. I mean, how many meetings you guys have? You're sitting and you're like, how do we take market share? How do we grow our business? Well, this is the time. If you want to grow market share, if you want to grab uh, grab share from your competitor, what better opportunity to do that? And Kinsley, you know, if people need to be more efficient with what they're spending, there are some really good examples here of ways to do that. For instance, shifting away from a 30-second spot to a 15-second se spot, um, advertise brands jointly with a market, uh, with a marketer in a different product category that targets similar consumer segments. Think about um, that. We talk about partnerships all the time, don't we? I mean, can you imagine like if there's a chiropractor in town that wanted to team up and do a, 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 a creative, you know, TV spot or campaign with a mattress store? Y yeah, you're both on camera at the same time and you come up with some sort of creative wave to, you know, transition from the chiropractor over to the mattress store. But what a, what a really cool creative way to build community with other people, serving people with similar needs and also get more efficiency out of your ad spend. You know, cut it in half. Yeah. How about with a health? Uh, a, you know, a health like a, a like a, a a gym, right? Or something like that, where you're like, hey, look, New Year's is coming up. Let's like team up, and it's like, hey, you know, create a new you, and you can work out, and you can sleep better, and it's literally going to change your life. You enjoy, you and experience a different level of joy this next year. Like this is the way to do that. Why not? Why not go after that? Um, and it also mentions, hey, don't don't go cutting new spots, right? So maybe extend the life of what you have. You could even go lower cost on producing media. 
or video and just have some more fun because you and I both know we haven't had budgets to in, in companies that we've worked for. We've always been um, challenged by the big, you know, the big ad budget, the big marketing budget. And when you are challenged with that, then it forces you into being more creative in how you approach things. So I like that too. Good opportunity. Um, but anyway, I guess at the, at the end of the day, uh, the story is, you know, d don't, don't slow down and, and don't stop because when you, when you get through it, it is a season of time and you are going to get through it. Um, that's when, you know, your investment's going to really pay off and you are going to be the one counting your money all the way to the bank because you did what was the right thing to do and really gone after it really. Yeah, let's do a little reset here. So we're talking winning strategies for marketing through a recession to grab more market share and emerge as a powerhouse. And you know, a lot of reference back to this HBR article from 2009 that showed us what worked and what didn't work during recessionary times. I really like uh, this thought of understanding the consumer segments as well, because you're going to have four different types of people. So we talked about the four different types of product categories, and we put ourselves in the postponables category. But you have four different types of consumers and how they react from a spending standpoint to a recession. You have the people that they slam on the brakes. You have people that are feeling the pain, but they're patient. You have people that are comfortably well off. And then you have people that I'm living for today, man. I'm just living for today. So how do you, as a postponables, let's call it, how do you hit the people that are in these four different customer profiles? Well, if, if they're a slam on the brakes type of person, uh, you can offer, like, they're not spending anything. You can offer layaway, um, low-cost financing, um, really, really exceptional deals, things like that. If you're looking at the people who are feeling the pain, pain but patient, um, you know, simpler models, lower prices, uh, lower operations cost models, the, uh, you know, promote repair services, especially if you're in the, you're in the appliances business. If you sanitize mattresses, you can get in their home by sanitizing ma their mattress. Um, people that are comfortably well off uh, promote some sort of savings from them buying now uh, and advise that they're going to miss out by postponing. You, know, you got to kind of get that FOMO going on. And then the people that are living for today, I'm just living for now, man. Just offer you know monthly payment plans or qualify for some list of benefits when they buy now. So there are ways to segment out your product category and, of course, your buying profile and come up with, uh, you know, what you can do. Now, discounts, so in these tough times, discounts that require very little effort from, from consumers and give cash back at the point of sale, that type of thing, are more effective than any type of delayed promotion like a sweepstakes or a mail-in offer or anything with delay. So it's got to be give it to me now. Yeah, I, I love that you broke that apart, Kinsley, and kind of talked about the different groups. You have to have empathy. There are different people shopping with you. Totally love that. One thing you said that jumped out at me was the messaging shift, right? And so, I mean, what, you know, to your point earlier, I mean, media is going to cost you less. Like, what if you tried some stuff at this point in time, right? Like, where maybe you normally haven't been, uh, you know, agreeable to, Hey, we're going to like go a different path or try a new promotion or do something different. If media is truly less expensive, how do you, how do you really break through the clutter? How do you really, you know, the, the, I, I read an article this morning, you, you mentioned FOMO 
I read an article about that and the fear actually you know who it was Kinsley. It was, uh, Oh gosh, it was, uh, Roy's, uh, Monday morning memo. And he talked about the fear of missing out and how compelling it was. And he's like, Hey man, you know, fear of missing out is one thing, but there's hope, you know, the hope of a better future too. Right. So there's, if you don't do what we're talking about doing, you are going to miss out, but prevent, you know, provide hope for them. And so if you want to experience the maximum amount of joy with your family over the holiday, a great way to do that is to sleep well. If you want to finally not break your New Year's Eve promise, make it an easier one, make it about sleeping better, which means all you have to do is go to bed earlier and, and stay in bed longer, right? Like I'm in, I don't have to go like work at a gym and like kill myself and and I can eat good food, right? But, you know, maybe a messaging shift is appropriate as well. And, you know, for the time, right? You can kind of match that message to the time and uh, see if you can try some new things. Well, great stuff here, I think. I mean, it's a good reminder about staying aggressive, keeping your foot on the gas pedal, and what it can mean during and after recessionary times. I know it's the R word. We've got to be careful with it. Uh, but hey, you have tips you want to share with us? Head, head over to fam.news. Fam.news, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, all that fun stuff. And you can text us there in the bottom right-hand corner and uh, check out all the great stuff. I mean, we got lots of podcasts, uh, lots of great articles there from you know Alex and Adrian and the whole team at the fam. And uh, we just want to wish you, everybody, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. And uh, let us know what you're thinking about for the new year. I'd love to hear from everyone. Yeah, I want to join you in that, Kinsley. Um, I, I think I don't know. I didn't look at our publishing calendar, but um, for everyone that is going to the holidays, just know that uh, you guys are awesome. We care about this audience a great deal, and we love it. And so, so glad we get to spend the time with you guys, and uh, we know that you're going to be with your families over the holidays. So enjoy the heck out of it, and uh, come back because your fam will be here waiting. You can bounce on it. Butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate, hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could top.